five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with Bank for Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the regular voice you enjoy to hear the most, joined by my regular co-hosts, Sam and Omni, that is at another Sam Channon at Omni Strife. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello, hello. Happy Canada Day. Does it count still? I, well, the day after. and Happy day Canada day. Week. You know, Happy two days Independence after. Independence Day. That, well... That's also coming up. That's true. That's right. So happy Independence Day to all our American friends. Those uh, down there celebrating with their fireworks and drinking their Budweiser's. (laughs) As we drink our Canadians? Molson? What would that be? Like, is is Molson Canadian, like, Canada's beer? Like, it used to be. It was clearly Canada's beer. But now I, I would think that Canada is more into, like, craft beer. Yeah, definitely. Especially here. Yeah. So, uh, drink our, uh, I don't know. Granville Island IPAs. <laughs> With puzzles and warlock. Well, That's a very West Coast thing. Here we are talking about beer because we're in a good mood again. The, the timeline isn't as dark anymore. All it took was a week. Yeah, I was going to say, what a difference this week means. All we needed was some uh, R&R and some, some time on the beach, and here we are back at it. Yeah, and if anyone did take Sam's, uh, you know, request to go to the beach on friday uh, many apologies it was wet cold it's just at least in vancouver ordered. yeah uh, but, it, uh, yesterday though was great oh gosh for canada day it was phenomenal walked yeah. down got some solid sun it wasn't too hot and there was a nice breeze like it was it was very enjoyable and i walked around the city a bunch it was fun but uh, you have tuned in to listen a little bit more about the Overwatch League and Vancouver Titans. So why don't we talk a little bit about what that went down this weekend? And that was a win. That's right. Spoiler alert. The Vancouver Titans did beat the Los Angeles uh, Gladiators. We'll get into that match a little bit because I I think, and again, this is maybe something that uh, Michael, you know, for another show, Michael and uh, occasional guest has told, is they must listen to the podcast because the Titans did everything we said they should do last episode. Yep. Uh, we also saw some craziness from the Titans. So we'll get into that. And then uh, as far as the week that was, there was some interesting uh, matchups, but that it did set up for the fact that the stage three playoffs are coming to a head and we'll know exact placement at the conclusion of the Atlanta homestand weekend. So we'll talk a little bit of what's going on there. There's a few moves around the league and uh, I don't know anything else we might have fit in, but uh, let's take a quick break before jumping straight into the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Let's get this off our chest. We asked the Vancouver Titans to win in dominant fashion, and Lord have mercy, they sure did. 4-0 over the LA Glads. In fact, when I was watching that match, I had a smile on my face throughout. Like I, I, I don't know what it was about the way the Titans came out with some serious swag, the way they came out and just said, I don't know, F it. And they had a blast taking on the Gladiators. Yeah, it feels, it feels like, you know, a... Uh... One of the olden days, right? It's funny to say <laughs> because we're still like in the first uh, inaugural season for the Titans, but it definitely feels like a back to the form, like what they used to be. I mean, it was a bounce back against a good team. By a good team, I mean not like Washington or or, or Mayhem. It was a dominant win, four zero. We surely needed that. They were smiling again. Yeah. So uh, yeah, who needs tanks anyways? 
<laughs> no kidding. Well, first and foremost, if for some reason you didn't watch the Vancouver Titans win 4-0, Stitch started. We actually had been asking about this the last few episodes. When does Stitch find his way back in? And after the Sombra experiment had essentially gone sideways, we had said, how much worse could it be if Stitch were to come in and play that role? Well, statistically speaking, Stitch is currently sitting in the number three spot for Sombra players in the Overwatch League with 53 minutes played. Very small sample size, but (laughs) EMPs were on point. His hacks were like differentiators and even when la knew what was coming stitch was still able to get like four stack five stack hacks on with an all like it was unbelievable yeah it felt like he had a terrific game really he played all four games and uh he was right there on the kill feed all the time hacking the proper targets never had like a mistake done by him anyways and it felt like definitely more more natural than uh uh Sombra, it, it was pretty good. I have to agree with you there. And and I think we we talked. I think last week we talked about two iterations. If if Stitch came in, who would come out? And we actually saw both of them. First, right. one, first one was Solmensu coming out with the first map, and then and then Solmensu coming back in, and then Janu coming out. Um, and before all the naysayers and all the stuff gets there, um, the the second iteration with Solmensu looked tons better. But this isn't against Janu. There's nothing wrong with Janu's play. I think it's more indicative of the current meta. But I think one of the major benefits of having Stitch on, on Sombra is that it allows Solman Su to dominate once again on Zarya. Yeah, I wish we could just play seven players, but unfortunately we can. But what we can see is that the Titans are pretty scary again. They sh- they've shown not just flexibility like they tried with the last week we saw, but it also adapted pretty quickly. We saw a lot of different, you know, comps. We saw even Twilight went on, on Wrecking Ball at one point. We saw a lot of dynamic play around the Titans. They felt loose, but not too loose. Even Bumper looked really good on Winston. He felt more controlled. Uh, his aggressions were on point. He felt really well. Slime, Haxel and Twilight, obviously a god-tier uh, support line. Our best in the league support trio. Uh, Twilight, another interesting thing, never switched off the Ana. I think Kareev kind of uh, motivated him to uh, kind of go uh, head deep into the, you know, into the the Ana play. And and I mean, Twilight is definitely a solid Ana. There's no doubt. But we'll get into the sleep on Numbani, and then his grenades were just all over. At one point. He had was involved in was it twenty five percent of all of the kills. He had fifty three uh, grenade kills or something like that. I'm pretty sure it was fifty three. Yeah, it was unbelievable. But I mean, let's recap that match. So Ilios, the Vancouver Titans, come out against the Gladiators, and we saw uh, them come out with your somber goats. Uh, they adjusted slightly where we had uh, you know bumper play a smarter Winston. You mm. saw Jenny as well flex over to uh, from diva to azaria's need be maybe not as effective as a as azaria but it never felt to me that at least on ilios that the titans were ever truly out of it uh even when the gladiators had an opportunity to win a fight they just couldn't do anything right like how many times did we see you know big goose drop early or shaz drop early and losing that mm-hmm. port is a differentiator in fact it was so bad that eventually sure for had to jump off of the Sombra and go on to Brigida. Yeah, they they felt really discombobulated in that match. Uh, yeah, like you said, it felt 
in our pocket, really. Like the first fight, I think we lost the fight on well, and they got first control. But other than that, really, Titans just came back with a vengeance on every fight. Well, and uh, yeah, we lost well, but it was a long fought rotation. And, you know, the Titans played smart. They actually were able to effectively build up their ultimates at the same pace. And then they won subsequent team fights. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Horizon Lunar Colony, which was um, Horizon. Uh, <laughs> we've, just, we've just been waiting for this map anyway, right? Like if, if you guys are new Titans fans, new Overwatch fans, this is the map you want to watch. See, you are on the moon. There's not a lot of gravity there. So tanks kind of lose, lose their weight and, and, and bulk. Maybe that's the thing behind it. I'm not sure. So the, the Vancouver Titans come rolling out on, on attack with this crazy comp like we're talking we had uh bumper as junk rat uh you had slime at one point as as mercy with a pharaoh on haxel stitch was your sombra someone Suk came out with a reaper <laughs> and it was just nuts and i i i was blown away at how effective this you know essentially you know quad yeah. DPS, although you know sombra you know falls into that role anna falls into the role so really I mean, it was just unbelievable how effective and the glads who came out with a bunker comp were caught completely oblivious and, I think and, and, uh, and someone so were able to flank and that threw them completely you know yeah. on bonkers i think that's the first time we actually saw a reaper comp being uh, successful and effective in the overwatch league well, that, in recent know, memory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In this season, you look at some of the comps though that the Titans have have rolled out, and it's definitively uh, based on what their their practice or their scrims must play out. Because uh, we've seen, you know, the Hacksaw Sim strat. Uh, I think it was Hacksaw and Sim that uh, they you know drop the teleporter on Paris just in that right spot, the pixel perfect spot. You see them bring out a Reaper and. Uh, sombra to do a flank to get the point and have that bunker comp suddenly have to be pulled in two different directions and then on defense uh, the vancouver titans were able to stall well enough on a, a map that traditionally la has actually done relatively well on and then you know more often or not were able to recover uh again with some crazy comp like they didn't go and, and immediately switch over to goats just because oh well hey things aren't going our way they had some serious fun yeah, it's a. Is this the first time that you guys can remember that they, um, not just the Titans, but anybody in the Overwatch League has sported a non-tank lineup? Well, there was this one time when uh, Mayhem went with five DPS, but that didn't end really pretty <laughs> for them. Because I mean, we've seen quad DPS quite a few times, but it's usually with a wrecking ball and a solo heal, right? But but I think this time they just went screw it, and it and it worked, <laughs> right? Like like dudes, this. This was so much fun. I'll, I'll admit, right after the game, I immediately went on comp, uh, played a bunch of Junkrat, played a bunch of Sombra, and it was fun, right? And this is this is what the league wants, right? Like, so for all you two, two, two rooters, I'm looking at you, Omni. That's right. Yeah, you're gonna miss this. <laughs> I think they're playing it. Just part of the reason they are playing the DPS, like not just the Titans, but a lot of teams, is because in preparation to this mod. But like you said, uh, we might lose this, but. I'm not 100% sure that if if the playoffs go like they are now, I'm not sure if Blizzard still, like, you know, sealed off the entire possibility that they don't go back on this. Probably not, because the team's already... 
Well, that yeah. thought we'll talk about it in the fray. Mm. I want to talk about it. Sure, that. sure, 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 sure. Gotta let it but, boil for a bit. But before that, so let's go back to our comp when, when they played the uh, uh, quad DPS. You could definitely tell, and, and they actually rolled out this 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 comp twice. They practiced. It's uh, their bunker buster composition, and you could tell when they showed. Um, um, bumper's POV. He knew exactly at what angle you should shoot those grenades. He didn't even like try to practice or like adjust his aim. He knew exactly where that um, bastion would be, and his uh, you know his grenades wrecked that wrecked those shields. So it was pretty interesting to see the way he played Junkrat and his bank shots. It was indicative to me that it was that old school Michael Jordan Larry Bird commercial. Where, <laughs> You know, uh, standard flagpole, you know, off the janitor's head, nothing but net. Using all these terms our listeners yeah. don't understand. I'm it's, old. I'm allowed to. Especially with Larry Bird and, and Magic. Who? And no, we, no. we got to know every Jordan. unprovoked basketball Jordan. comment, right? No, that, that wasn't us, really. Yeah, it had nothing to do with us. Uh, let's go on to Numbani. So double, double standards on this pod. Jeez. <laughs> Numbani rolls out and it's Numbani North. The Vancouver Titans just dominated the Gladiators. And it was a 3-1 on the map, but it just a more traditional composition. Um, bumper playing a smart Winston. Super impressive of Bumper in this uh, map. He was great. And, and you look at the Glads, I mean, they were trying all sorts of different things. They went with the DPF heavy comp. They went with the, you know, with eventually they transitioned over to goats. They just could not get past that that essentially second turn. And it took so much time that the Titans were able to go and, and just, you know, continue to win team fights, build up alts and manage alt economy phenomenally. I think they were using like one alt per team fight. Whereas the gladiators had invested at 1.3 and still lost a team fight. That's how badly they got outplayed. <laughs> but once the Titans got that win, we then saw map four, which traditionally with the Vancouver Titans, you never know what you're going to get. But they must have obviously been told that they needed that win to secure top spot in the Pacific uh, uh, from the Hangzhou uh, Spark. And they just annihilated the Gladiators and rolled out their crazy comp again. Yeah. That was Gibraltar, right? Uh, yeah. Welcome to Gibraltar, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wonder, is that crazy comp effective because it's against the Gladiators? Or is that crazy comp effective because it's the Vancouver Titans rolling it out and no one has any clue as to how you prep for that? I think it's these two factors, including a third one. It feels to me that the Titans are back to form and it, like it felt in the past that they could roll anything and still win. They just needed that slap in the face in the form of that loss that they uh, <laughs> got from the Valiant. And, and yeah, they, sh- they should never forget they're a good team and they can basically uh, dominate other teams, and, and they should. But I think you're right. There's a combination of, of uh, gladiators probably having a, a bad day there, especially as the, as the game kind of progressed. It felt like they felt even worse and worse. You could, you could tell like when they ever, whenever they showed their team uh, desks, when they showed their face cams, oh, man, that, that was uh, <laughs> their faces were dead. I, I think I think it was I mean we have to give our hats off to the coaching staff. I think they definitely prepped for the the quad DPS with with especially jumper on the junk rat or what mm-hmm. do we call it the bum rat or can we <laughs> call it the bum rat? <laughs> um but I I think it did a couple of things. I think it gave them a little bit of confidence back as we can tell like the and we've been talking about all season. The Titans are are somewhat of an emotional team and in the last 
in fact, all of stage three, even when they were winning, it kind of felt like something wasn't quite right. Even when, like when we talked about how they beat the Hangzhou spark and it was, it was three, one, but Chris was calling how it could have been three, one, the other way. Um, something didn't seem quite white. I think I, right. I'm talking like, uh, talking like bugs bunny here or something like that <laughs> um and, and they lost some of that joy it seemed like in, in playing and in an additional kind of perk an auxiliary perk of of the quad dps is i feel like it brought some of their joy back like the moment you know bumper switch on to junk rat you could hear the crowd kind of rise even though you know most of them are glads fans they're just excited to see something different yeah. they're excited to see something new and i think that that gave them a huge kick when it actually worked and i, I think that's the titans that we're seeing now also, having Stitch there, I think, helped their uh, motivation and mentality. Makes the average height go down a little bit. <laughs> a bit. Yeah, not that tall either, but. Yeah. Well, here's a question. Stitch has to be in the uh, starting lineup moving forward, correct? I imagine it will be there more often than uh, both Janu and, and, and Salminsu will be at the same time. So. <laughs> Who would yeah. the Titans have to be playing for Stitch not to start? Would it be just the shock? Who knows? I, I don't know. The shock are in an interesting position now. I feel like they've encountered the same problem that Titans had with Goats, and I feel like they still haven't adapted as well. Well, you um, know, Sinatra, Sinatra is playing Sombra really well. In fact, you know, statistically speaking, he's considered, you know, the number one Sombra right now. Right. Brand but then in two minutes played, but so he, he, his flexibility between the Zarya and Sombra is something that we're obviously not seeing from a summon suit. So the Titans would need to go into that with the idea of who is it we're going to play in this role. Yeah. Well, the, the, the benefit that we have is, and we saw that once in, in uh, one of the, the games we had um, um, Stitch on the Sombra and we kept Samensu and Desaria and then Shock can't really do that. If they had two Sinatras, <laughs> that would have been uh, much better for them. Yeah, it's the same problem the Titans have, right? Like Solmansu is was playing their Sombra, but that allowed disallowed yeah. them from playing Zarya. So it's the same thing with Sinatra. Yeah, they and might I, bring someone off the bench, maybe Striker. I'm not sure. Well, He's still there. <laughs> the question sort of is that if if they come in with a traditional three three, the goats lineup, it doesn't include Stitch. But then the San Francisco shot can roll out your traditional three three and flex over to a Sombra goats and still have you know, arguably more success than if the Titans were trying to match that with Soman Sue. And I think that's in my mind, you know, San Francisco is really the only question mark. We've seen how Sombra Goats has taken advantage of the NYXL. Um, we also have seen how the Vancouver Titans have, even with, you know, Soman Sue within that uh, Sombra role, are still able to pull wins out of a hat. I would rather not be so close as they have been. But I, I kind of think that this match, it's the only one we've seen, obviously in a stage, so it's a small sample size, is still enough to say Stitch gets the start. Like there would have to be a drastic shift in my mind for Stitch to then be pulled out. And I think the the flex between who comes in and out is someone so or Janu. Hmm. No. Well, for this stage, it definitely is kind of an issue that the coaching staff would have to kind of solve. 
Uh, but until then, just roll the four DPS comp against the, 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 <laughs> hey, against whatever, whatever works, and it's demoralizing too, right? <laughs> oh, I bet. <laughs> and if you're to believe Mr. X, uh, Shock aren't even the team to worry about. The NYXL are the fairy vits, which I immediately thought of Omni, of course. Mm, yeah, their surgical play and passive uh, picking apart of teams. The flexibility, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this stage, more than others, the playoffs feel kind of uh, hard, harder to predict. I'm not sure even if we're going to face San Francisco Shock in the finals. As a Titans uh, podcast, I- I'm still feeling confident that our boys will be there at the last game of the stage, but I'm not sure in who, who we're going to face. Well, and, and that's we're going to get into it when we get into the fray. But I mean, right now, the Vancouver Titans don't play going into the homestand weekend. They are done. The Vancouver Titans are guaranteed the Pacific seed. They could arguably finish top of the table because NYXL actually plays two matches and potentially could mm-hmm. lose one or both. And depending on map differential, NYXL is pretty much done. But the variable is at the bottom. I mean, right now, you know, it could, the Titans, depending on whether they're first or second, could play anyone from like the Valiant, Outlaws, Fusion... Uh, dragons like there's so much movement possible and when i look at those those teams the only one that you could argue that has given the titans trouble was the valiant Hmm. oh i want the valiant well there's no way the vancouver titans have just as much trouble like if put stitch in the into the role that he played against the gladiators did the valiant get that win yeah Revisionist history, who knows? Yeah, yeah, probably not, but it's so hard to say. I mean, even you play that same match with the same roster 10 times, I don't think we lose uh, five out of those. I think we lose only three out of the 10, maybe even two. Interesting. Anywho, why don't we take a short break before we jump directly into the fray? Before we jump into the Atlanta homestand weekend, let's talk a little bit about the week that was. Now, week four in the uh, third stage uh, had us see the Hangzhou Spark overcome the LA Valiant 3-2. This was a match all three of us said should be watched, and boy, it was probably one of the few matches all weekend that we were right on. I mean, it was bang on. I, I am actually surprised the Spark were able to pull out the win. LA played very well. And as we saw, you know, in the previous weekend, maybe that had a lot more to do with the fact that the Valiant were uh, uh, more interested in succeeding, having overcome the type. It's funny. Like now I'm kind of reminded of the previews we had before the season started about how the spark might be like the toughest expansion team. And they definitely has shown to be like a, a much better team this stage, six and one so far. Valiant are, are super impressive. It was a good match to see. Uh, I think formidable is the right word. 
Yeah, well, sure. <laughs> you had the Seoul Dynasty beat the Paris Turtle 3-1, and then your San Francisco Shock, the ever-powerful San Francisco Shock, lost to the Chengdu Hunters 3-2. Chengdu played this well, and I would have never expected them to take the Shock uh, to that level of a slobber knocker. It reminded me of the game of the game they had against us, but they emerged as victorious this time. You know, it was like Aming it wasn't. You know, I used to say Amen, but now <laughs> I say Amen. Yeah. How does he say it? It's Among. Among. Yeah. Just why doesn't he read himself Bob? It makes it so much easier. <laughs> If you were at the beach on Friday, uh, you missed out on the Valiant 4-0-ing the London Spitfire, the Gladiators 4-0-ing the Toronto Giant, <laughs> and the Outlaw oh, wow. 3-0-ing the Washington Justice, who, guess what? Got, got the tie! Draw. <laughs> <laughs> Man. How, how is that? Like, I know we make... It's, it's, it's replaced the pool report. Did the Justice get a draw? <laughs> they have to be like so far in front in terms of draws that they had kind of like the uprising of the reverse sweeps. It's an anomaly really. I guess that's the single map where they let Corey play D- like widow and pop off. I'm not sure what's going on there. Like how, how do you explain that? Like I, I, I am actually curious. I'm, I want to go back and see how many draws they have. Well, did you, did you actually watch the match? Are you sure they didn't just like decide to call it quits after oh, three I'm games? Sure they didn't decide to call it. <laughs> it's just Wizard Young. He's a genius. That's <laughs> a secret formula. On Saturday, the Excelsior beat the Dallas Fuel 3-2. The Fusion beat the Uprising 3-2. The Spark rolled over the Mayhem 4-0. And the Shanghai Dragons beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-1. Uh, all three of us said Shanghai Dragons, Guangzhou Charge is the match to watch. It was okay, but watching Excelsior speak past the Fuel and the Fusion over the Uprising. Though. Man, that Dallas game was great. Seeing Taimu popping off again. Oh, well. And then on Sunday, match of the week, uh, Titans rolled over the Gladiators, as we already learned, 4-0. The Shock, uh, having lost to the Chengdu Hunters, were pissed off and beat the Spitfire 4-0. <laughs> That's the second 4-0 on the Spitfire, right? Oh, my. The uh, Spitfire beat- might have a chance in that one. That's why I picked it, but, you know, whatever. Being destroyed. The Outlaws beat the Defiant 3-1, and uh, Soul Dynasty beat the Hunters 3-0. I guess the Hunters went out partying Thursday night, and <laughs> they no-showed man this season well you know it's it's hard hard to really predict because of i think you have the expansion teams and it's unlike you know for those of you who follow traditional sports an expansion franchise generally does very poorly I, the, the only franchise that i can think of in in recent hey, times vegas the night stand hl and then i guess you could go all the way back to the orlando magic in the nba uh, the the Toronto Raptors expansion team did pretty well 24 years later. So well, did uh, Vancouver Grizzlies. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't be pulling off the Band-Aid, okay? Because I can't take it no more. <laughs> but we look at, you know, the Overwatch League. These, you know, Vancouver's an expansion team that went and did something that everyone else had an opportunity to do, and it's worked out in their favor. So case in point, what are we going to see next year? How many contenders teams are going to be brought up, you know, completely into Overwatch just because they're good and they have. Uh, 
Unfortunately, I don't think that we're going to have an expansion next season well, because of that. But that's not to suggest that you know, oh, Washington well, just go and roster and hey, everyone, new people, come on. on. You mean Ooh. when the mayhem changed again, their roster? No, it's more like a mid-season thing that they like to do. Shit. They don't like to do stuff at the beginning of the season. Yeah, there's definitely a couple of uh, contender teams that could beat Mayhem and, and Washington for sure. But they can't beat Justice 4-0 because they'll always draw that map. Oh, Wizard Young. Show us your ways. So let's talk about the week that will be. You have the Atlanta homestand, which means all you Overwatch League fans, there's nothing to do Thursday and Friday because there are no matches to watch. Everything's on Saturday and Sunday. Now, More time for me to play Skyrim VR. <laughs> uh, the Atlanta homestand is being held at the Cobb Energy Center, which I thought, you know, with a name like that, it's like an arena. No, it's like a theater. For those of you who know Vancouver, it's like the Queen Elizabeth Theater. It seems far too refined to have esports, but that's where it's going to be held. And I guess we'll see the setup once they get set up. But you have the New York Excelsior facing the Florida Ma'am, the Washington Justice facing the Philadelphia Fusion, the Atlanta Rain over the Toronto, not over, but I'm making a presumption, Atlanta Rain over Toronto Defiant, and the Shanghai Dragons versus the Guangzhou Charge. Now, Sam picked two matches on Saturday that he wants to watch because I don't know what Sam's doing. Sam says he wants to watch the Excelsior Mayhem and the Rain Defiant. You picked Toronto? What happened there? Oh, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I, I forgot. So so <laughs> before the pod, we were just talking about there's no way that the Excelsior is going to lose this weekend. They're playing probably two of the weakest teams in the league. And I thought I'd kind of put that to the test. I think the Mayhem are weird. They might do something weird. <laughs> That's one, one way to Basically say Basically just me being stubborn. <laughs> and then and then the Atlanta Atlanta Toronto Defiant game. Don't actually watch the match, but I've been hearing rumors that Defran's gonna come back and do a one v one with Mangachu at halftime or something. Oh yeah, that's gonna, gonna be hammer. It's yeah. gonna be a Torb Hammer. Yeah. So so watch that. But the match itself you can kind of, you know, leave on so that you can get your get your uh, token points. <laughs> Speaking actually of one v one, Defran is taking on uh, Bren, eh? No, he's not because he's taking the Mangachu game. Uh, they switched him with Baby oh, Bay. Okay, I mean, shows you how much I pay attention. <laughs> On Sunday, you've got the Dragons Fusion, uh, Charge Justice, Mayhem Rain, Defiant Excelsior, and uh, both uh, Omni and I said Dragons Fusion, and I actually had chosen the Dragons Charge. Uh, the reason why I'm wanting to watch both Dragons matches is I feel that there's more potential for the Dragons to fall out. Then, you know, New York losing two. I, I don't see New York losing mm. one. So I think New York is going to finish top of the stage three table. Uh, the Fusion, I, they're going to get a win over the Justice. And if they were to then beat the Shanghai Dragons, that bumps the Fusion in, the Dragons out. And, you know, I, ultimately that's who I believe the Vancouver Titans would end up playing. Mm. Wait, Houston is in regardless, right? No. I don't think they are. Well, let's do, let's do the map. So Houston right now is 5-2. They're done with a plus 9. So the Fusion are the only team that can play themselves in to the, uh, the current 8. If the Fusion were to go and let's say 4-0, plus 8. So yeah, they can't, they would not be, they wouldn't be past Houston. So you're right. Houston would move up. Oh, yeah, I think they're in. Congratulations, Sam. For the Fusion Woo. to get in, they have to have the dragons to lose out. That's yeah. the only option. 
so they, that's that's going to be a, ga- a big game there for uh, Philly and Shanghai. It's going to be basically a playoff game. I mean, it's possible that I mean Shanghai gets one win. They even at the plus one. So yeah, the Philadelphia Fusion require the Shanghai Dragons to lose out. If the Dragons get one win, then yeah, so there's a good chance if the Fusion get in. Or if the Shanghai Dragons don't win both, that we face the Houston Outlaws. <laughs> Imagine New York losing both games and falling out. They're they're actually not making it if they lose both. Well, so that that's not guaranteed. If if New York loses both, they could still have a plus one, which could be just enough to keep them in. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right, like the right now, really. I mean, okay. Do you think New York's going to lose both? I don't think so. I hope so, but they're probably win both. <laughs> I feel like you guys are doing some sort of weird math lesson and then going to go back and advertise our podcast. It's fun and educational. Well, isn't it already? I think so. We teach languages <laughs> and, and basketball history and other stuff. That's true. That's true. Well, actually, you know, if, if the Excelsior lose one, the Titans finish top of the table. Sure. Like there's Titans have a plus 14 right now with a six and one. So as soon as New York finishes six and one, there's no way their map differential can get them up there. So I guess, you know, the Titans do have a chance to finish first. The Excelsior have a chance to fall out. It's so weird. I mean, I think this is, this is the whole thing about the way the league's structured, especially with this stage and the parody we've seen, like so many teams were eliminated prior to this last weekend, but very few had clinched. That's how crazy it had been. Hell, the Vancouver Titans, if they had lost to the Gladiators, could very well have been knocked out of the stage three playoffs, like with the way the other matches would have. Yeah. All, the, all, all these calculations, I'm about to clinch right here. <laughs> but, but, yeah, let's just, let's just uh, see how it plays out. And just to give a quick update, as we are coming into the end of this current season, I know where there's a, still a stage a playoff and a whole stage in front. Your Vancouver Titans are currently sitting top of the league with a map differential of plus 54. They've got that one blemish, the one loss against the the Valiant. But at this point in time, the Vancouver Titans, I know they're not mathematically guaranteed a uh, league playoff spot, but there's no way that they'd they'd be able to lose that many maps or matches (laughs) to fall into the play-in. Yeah. Like, I think... They're almost a sure, a sure thing at this point. They can go all the way from here on out and play mystery heroes against the teams, and they'll still be in the playoffs. Well, heck, as we've seen, they can go out with a quick play composition and <laughs> yeah. Uh, chat, chat really enjoyed it. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the rest of the league moves. Wise, so I think the biggest news this actually was announced just after uh, an episode comes out. So the way this works is we release our episodes on Wednesdays, and that's when all the big news seems to drop. <laughs> like it, it seems they know to we're coming like the last three weeks. But uh, the big news was Fisher retired, and uh, when Fisher retired, it did catch people by surprise. I mean, arguably he was playing for the team he'd wanted to play for, uh, but he had fallen out of. A favor and ended up falling, you know, behind gesture. At which point, uh, well, sorry, this is back when he was uh, with the Spitfire. Then he fell, yeah. you know, out of favor behind uh, onto the bench with the Gladiators. Goes to Seoul, and then same thing happens in Seoul where he finds himself 
fall out of favor to the bench and he decides I'm done. And what does he do on the way out? He goes on stream and starts <laughs> all the dirty little secrets. The one being two, two, two lock, which we'll talk about and get into a little bit in a moment. Are you shocked that Fisher is done? And I mean, I know done is air quotes because you never really. Yeah. If you're asking me if I'm shocked that he has retired, not really, because he kind of retired last season too during the playoffs on the glass. But (laughs) (laughs) I I won't be surprised if he'll be back. Just offer him a big check. You know, a team will do that eventually if he's still open. Uh, I'm not surprised. I mean, Seoul has. Had a pretty weird season. We never got to see, like, I think, peak, peak soul with uh, everybody playing on point with, uh, you know, Fleta and Fisher playing up to their normal talents. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of sad to see one of the OGs of the Overwatch League, one of the, you know, the, the who's more handsome than Fisher, who's a better main tank than <laughs> Fisher. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's always saddening to see people go except for the ones who were kicked out. Good riddance on that. But people who actually choose to leave the league, it's kind of uh, sad to see Talon go down. Regardless of what you think of his character and demeanor, he, he was a pretty uh, pretty uh, dominant tank uh, last year. And he had a, a few sh- good showings this season as well. But which, dude, which here's the, the question for you guys. Do you think he's, he's retiring because he doesn't want to play or is he retiring because the game's kind of passed him on? I think he's just like uh, kind of, you know, quitting again. Yeah, and, and and that's the thing. Like at first, I was kind of like feeling feeling sad. Like you said, it is one of the OGs. Um, but then I think at the same time, like yeah. there's a file on this guy now, right? Like yeah, the he lost his job to Gesture. You know, wanted to trade, got out, and then whatever happened with the Glads happened got out now he's with soul and now he's getting out again when clearly like at least on in the game things aren't going his way because he's getting benched by for for marvel who you know no disrespect to marvel is a very average tiered tank in this league so like i in in one sense it's kind of like okay well how legends fall but at the same time it's like well maybe he's just not good enough anymore Oh, he's definitely uh, retiring here, reactionary, uh, depending on like his play on. Because it, it was always like an issue for him, right? On on Spitfire, he was on the bench. And then he went to the Gladiators. And then I was like, oh, no, I need a Korean team around me. And now it's a Korean team. And he kind of ran out of his uh, excuses. So, oh, I, I guess I'll retire then. So, But I won't be surprised if he's back, I don't know, in a year or maybe in the middle of a season sometime in the future and at the same time was there ever like a definitive moment where we know yep fish is the best main tank in the game well we, he kind of carried the glads on his back for that uh, like what three through, weeks it was well, it was more than half a season in my, i think two stages probably yeah, yeah. i was diving we, we played great winston oh. during dive yeah so compared to when when miro uh retired at the end of last year that felt a lot more sad because we just we just watched yeah his demise. Definitely. Definitely. That Miro is kind of like, oh, I, I don't even want to say that, but eventually you know that Ryu Hong is going to yep. hang, the, how, how would you say it? Hang the mouse. <laughs> 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 but it's going to happen eventually. Miro kind of felt like that. Yeah. The, the best Winston in the world by far. And you could see him kind of fall from grace and not able to keep up. But yeah, we'll see how it goes for uh, Fisher. Yeah. The thing that occurs to me with Fisher is it just seems to me that there are temper tantrums 
Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. And I'm not suggesting that that's actually what's happening, but just, just how it occurs to me in a, in a but it could be. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, I don't get my way and I'm done. I don't get my way and I'm done. And part of me wonders, did that now occur? And the I'm done, send me somewhere else never right. really occurred. Because you, you, when you continue to do the same thing over and over, others pay attention. And in the traditional sports world, based on what occurred here, generally no one's going to sign you to a contract unless they're absolutely desperate or they've decided there's a possibility of a reclamation project. Because right. he has a record now. Exactly. Right. It's, do, you, do you want to you know, take the risk that this is going to burn you in the end. Yeah. And there are like, I mean, if we look at the Overwatch league as it is right now, um, would the mayhem suddenly come knocking? <laughs> it could, I wouldn't be surprised, could, but if the mayhem are staying away, like, but that's, you know what's up. Yeah, exactly. And that's to me, that's where I think we'll see, you know, whether or not it's done is based on a team like the mayhem in the position that they're in and their desire to now go to a full Korean roster think now nah, hmm. nah, we it's don't Korean. do that but i definitely agree with you there uh, like it's it's like the old saying fool me once shame on you fool me twice uh uh i will not be fooled again <laughs> <laughs> well, uh other moves so the toronto defiant made a couple of moves they promoted logics from the rebellion uh and they added mangachu to their team two dps roles and not only did they add Mangachu, they started Mangachu. Yeah. And then Mangachu got uh, hammer killed at one point. <laughs> <laughs> did anybody watch that match? Was he good? I watched some of it. He had... Uh, I was going to say he's okay. I was more impressed with Logics. It felt like he was kind of uh, maybe too excited a bit at the start, kind of having a case of a jitters. Cause he he's been a long time coming for uh, to return to back to the league, but I'm happy he's back. He's a great play, player. He's kind of like a projectile specialist. It kind of reminds me now of uh, Shadowburn. His his far is great, but the rest is kind of like mm, maybe not on the same level as it should be. But they have kind of bolstered their DPS lineups, like you said. They're ready for uh, that two to two. They have uh, still I'm 37 under ranks. They still have I like do. yeah I. Who? Ivy. Oh, Ivy. Yeah, I saw. I thought you said I'm Eileen. Um, yeah. I so the addition of Mangachu, like he's he's a Canadian kid, so I right I, I right. My Oakville. I like the Canadian kids. Um, there is a part of me that wonders if Toronto's ending Mangachu, the essentially match before the Canada Day long weekend, if there wasn't sort of marketing strategy involved in that. Or if there was maybe something more to this story, it's just been you know a long time going. Yeah, I mean, here's a go ahead. Here's a good start. Here's a good marketing strategy for Toronto. This one's free. Stop losing four zero. Well, but I'm get, getting what you're saying here. We have a perfect candidate too. Like get Bishu on. He's from Vancouver. He speaks Korean too. I don't know. Just as a, I mean, would he play more than than Hurig or help the team more than Hurig? Probably not. But Hurig's on the team, so. Yeah, but does does Bishu have Force of Bishu? Because Hurig has the Force. Of he Bishu. might have. <laughs> he, could have he could have many things. <laughs> yeah, he, that's he, exactly what this team needs, right? Is another flex flex tank diva player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
in other moves, the uh, Spark send Bazzi and No Smite down to their academy team as two-way players, which, again, I have no clue how two-way contracts in the Overwatch League work, where you're suddenly assigned to a two-way contract, and who knows. But, uh, you know, No Smite wasn't getting in all that much with Gushway, and uh, ultimately Bazzi saw a whole lot in the first stage and eventually found him yeah. down to the bench. So uh, this, to me, is just more about bolstering their their academy team more than anything else he was on borrow time until gushue got his uh you know a few sentences in korean uh done i guess he can calm already at this point with the team <laughs> properly so no smite is kind of out yeah. and then uh, the charge now have an academy team they acquired the one winner and they're going to rename them the T1W.GZA, which I assume is the one winner dot Guangzhou. Yeah, GZ Academy. GZ Academy. Ah, see, mm-hmm. look, uh, why we pay the big bucks? Yeah. <laughs> I was I was looking at the, I'm like, is that like an acronym for something? Okay, I see the one winner. Very, very, very edgy. I like it. <laughs> Embrace it, right? Own it. Like, if you're a caster, how are you, what are you going to call that team? You're just going to say, like, Tugaza. Tugaza. <laughs> I think you just call him the winner. The winner. Oh, the, the one winner. The one winner. Man, that's a dumb name. Hey. <laughs> so they might be a good team. I don't know anything about them, but that's a dumb name. There goes any chance that any of them will ever come on our podcast. Thanks, man. Well, no one can be like, no one can have like the, the greatest name ever, like the chicken contendies. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they came on the podcast, the first question I would ask them is, hey, you think your name is dumb? We can separate the the name from the player. Oh, jeez! And I thought I was a horrible uh, you know, marketing person. <laughs> um, the other news I sort of want to talk about. It's not so much moves. It's just uh, the fact that there is a new skin in the game, the Jonek MVP skin. Uh, did either of you pick it up? I have it. Yeah, I'm kind of a, a Zenyatta completionist. I played around with it a little bit and i got um a hundred uh token drops so i said like hey why not i still play on on the titans um skin when i roll out the zen on competitive because he's one of my mains uh it's a great skin i hope we'll get one next season for a titans player i mean but who's our best candidate would be another zenyatta probably not probably, probably gonna be not. the anna Ooh, that could be a good one, but yeah, that's where my money's at. I it's think per- I think Twilight's kind of stood above. It, if it's the same trajectory, it'll probably be either the Twilight or Sinatra this season. If it's the same trajectory, we'll, we'll still have a stage to play. And one last thing, I didn't actually have it on the uh, the outline, so I apologize. I'm going to spring this on the two of you right now, but uh, I think it's a, a bears mentioning. Uh, late last week, a uh, contenders team, the Sky Foxes, which are uh, often referred to as the Meta Sky Foxes, partnership, they announced that they had moved and relocated themselves to Vancouver. Now, why this seems odd is that they were previously based essentially in Seattle, the Northwest. So a transition from Seattle to Vancouver doesn't change a whole lot. In fact, you could argue that the esports scene in Seattle is a much more substantial one. So 
the thought was, could this be the possible Academy team that Vancouver has yet to, you know, share news about? Uh, could it be that it was just uh, done for geopolitical reasons where I think right now it's easier to get a work visa in Canada than it might be in the United States? Or is it just a matter of, hey, guys, uh, let's go up to Vancouver. I hear they've got good beer. Hmm. So does Seattle, though, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. doesn't it? I, and that's the thing is, I, it, it, I'm not, <gasps> I, I don't know what's what's gone on with this. And I know there's probably yeah. others who, you know, follow contenders a, a whole lot, uh, you know, better than than I do um, because I don't really follow it. Um I just found it real interesting. And then not only that, they were announced actually as part of uh, the gaming stadium uh, reveal, which we should probably talk about too. But the uh, Sky Foxes are now based here in Vancouver. Um, for those that don't know who the Sky Foxes are, a lot of information, they're actually doing relatively well recently in, in contenders, but they've also seen themselves uh, run into some controversy where they decided to part ways with three uh, who is uh, accused of uh, sexual harassment. So in, there are, things going on in that world. Maybe that was just a matter of the changes they needed to find an, a new area to move on. I don't know. Well, let's just say it how it is. I mean, you're right because uh, Seattle does have more infrastructure in place for esports, but they don't have one thing. And that thing is an Overwatch League uh, team. And an Overwatch League team has a lot of money around it. And I think that's exactly what they're looking at here. They're, they might be kind of sniffing around uh, the area to get that spot. We don't know because Vancouver, the Titans are a bit slowish and uh, everything that comes uh, to, you know, the infrastructure surrounding the team. They were kind of late with a lot of, uh, I don't want to say requirements or, or stuff like that, uh, like, um, you know, man- management wise or operation, operation uh, wise. And I think that most uh, Overwatch League teams would probably want to have a an academy academy team. I think it's even required. I'm not not sure on that though. And their roster kind of looks uh, more heavily leaning towards the Korean side. They have a bunch of great players. They they have Hoon. We saw Who Are You as well in the gaming stadium, which was pretty fun to see because he's like one of the bigger bigger stars outside of the. Uh, league right now so definitely seems like if you want to get like that owl money you get closer to a a um, a franchise right and we did see with toronto that they did go for that um you know canada-based uh academy team with the rebellion so maybe there are already some i i would be shocked if there are not if they're not already kind of engaged in unofficial talks or or negotiations super unofficial super early to actually like put money on it but i would be shocked if they're not already kind of like hey there how's it going and uh you know what i'm talking about early um early kind of conversations really well so who are you is 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 on loan from fusion university right right so even in theory if, if the sky fox is uh became the academy team they wouldn't get access to who are you god damn it well <laughs> i mean i i don't know how overwatch loans work but in the professional sense of traditional sports that have loan opportunities Right. The loan agreement defines whether or not you can play against uh, a team. So we, we've seen that occur, at least in the sport that I follow, soccer, 
where players are on loan all the time. And then in the loan agreement, like, oh, if we ever to ever play you in a competitive game, you have to sit that player. That player can't be on the bench. But in some other cases, the other team doesn't even really care, which says a lot when you're low, yeah. the team doesn't care that you play against them. Um, sorry, go ahead. If you're, yeah, if you're not familiar with the guy, he was that that Genji, that DPS on Lunatic High for a lot of their like best seasons in Apex. So if you want to like, check out some highlights. Yeah. Also, Dynasty fans two. ever talk about his Apex season two. Season two, three, and they, yeah, they, they were super good. He's kind of like a second coming of Hacksaw, I guess he's younger yeah. than him. So, yeah, another prodigy. One other thing to mention about the Sky Foxes is um, they are associated with a meta gaming. Um, so, meta gaming has as a couple of Overwatch teams. Overwatch isn't their only esports, uh, meta Athena, meta. Bellum, I can't pronounce the name. So if you guys are into into the Korean esports, Korean Overwatch scene, uh, you guys will be much more familiar with it than I am. Um, but Meta Meta Gaming has an interesting owner in that their owner also uh, does action esports. Our good friends at Action Esports. Oh, so there's a lot of lot of like you know tie-ins mm. there, and it, and it makes a lot of sense when you know Action Esports is run out of Vancouver, Canada. For for those of you guys that don't know. That that makes sense for the Sky Foxes to to move just a little bit closer into into Canada. Um, I like I'm reading about this literally the same time we're recording, so I don't have all the details. But there is there's a little connection there. Did not know yeah. that, uh, that connection on the metagaming side. And I also think that Vancouver is just a better city. Oh yeah. I mean, I've been living here for three years and never visited Seattle in my life, so I'm pretty qualified to come That's to that. Completely uh, unbiased <laughs> opinion. <laughs> Take it. If you've ever been in Vancouver traffic, just go and check out what Seattle traffic's like, and you'll know the choice to make. Um, oh, they, they don't have a SkyTrain there? No. They have. Oh, Seattle, the Bellevue traffic is brutal. Okay, let's stop talking about traffic before they bring up Uber. Yeah. <laughs> there is one thing I do want to sort of say out the Sky Foxes, and it's actually related to Vancouver and Titans. We know that the Titans want to build a connection locally. And for those that don't know the Vancouver market, Vancouver fans support Vancouver teams who are connected to Vancouver. Uh, The connection is what's going to drive uh, popularity. And we've seen this in the traditional sense where our teams, and I'll use the Vancouver Grizzlies as an example. Every time a Vancouver Grizzly player said, I don't want to come to Vancouver, Canada sucks, I hate the rain, I hate this. That actually drove a wedge between a potential fan base and not the player the team. Now that's what to suggest is what's happened with Vancouver Titans. You've just got a team that is based in LA and is Vancouver by name only. They've been to town a couple of times, but there isn't that, that connection beyond the fans who would have already liked and followed them to begin with the casual fan, the fan that you might introduce the Overwatch League. That's where this connection would need to occur. And maybe the sky foxes are that stepping stone to that. And that's not to suggest that again, I know of anything. I don't, but you know, Sam, you pointing out that the uh, the owner of Meta Gaming is also the owner of Action Esports. There's a lot of correlation to to Vancouver, and with the opening of the gaming stadium, which we can use a segue here to talk about. You know, it does leverage Vancouver as an esports, uh, you know, well central esports location in Canada. I mean, there's no other esports arena in our country other than the gaming stadium right now. Which uh, Omni, you and I checked out last week, and I have to say, it's a really nice setup. Uh, you and I, we recorded a, a couple uh, 
videos. Uh, there's one on yep. our Facebook group. There's one in uh, on Twitch. Uh, and I'll be honest, I was sort of testing things. That's one of the reasons why there's multiple streams. But I actually think from a perspective of its setup, it's very smartly put together. And they are going to be running events nonstop because it's more than just Overwatch. But what are your what are your preliminary thoughts on the uh, the location and the facility? I mean, it's going to be closer to where I'm moving to, so I'm happy about that. I I really liked it. I think there's a lot of uh, good people that are running it, a lot of goodwill from at least uh, the introductory session that we saw there. Um, I was quite surprised that that's actually not going to be the last uh, location. It's even like a temporary, and even for a temporary setup, it was looking rather nice. I played uh, a couple of Overwatch uh, games uh, right on location. felt pretty cool. Uh, got to meet our friend Mike there, and yeah, I'm I'm happy to say that my uh, impressions from that place, initial impressions, were pretty positive. Now, just so that anyone uh, you know might be confused, it is not somewhere you can just show up to go and play the hardcore <laughs> game. Uh, they are event driven. They may have like open play uh, days, what have you, but based on uh, what they're saying, is they're they're essentially going to be an adre- an event driven uh, experience. Uh, right now, if there's an event, you can go and spectate at no cost. But if you want to enter, let's say your team or yourself in a, as a solo competitor, you know whether it's like Fortnite Battle Royale or uh, League, or uh, they have an Apex tournament coming up, stuff like that. Yeah, you would have to enter, and you know if you do well, congratulations, and if you don't, well, you know get good scrub, right? Like it's not a PC cafe. Which if you want to, there's oh gosh, every five feet from <laughs> north of the stadium in Richmond, there is, you know, a PC gaming cafe. Right. Omni's just there. Cause he's uh, getting ready. Cause that's where eventually he'll have his one V one with bumper. Wouldn't that be awesome? Bumper and, and uh, Omni both make it happen, folks. Lots of, yes, I know you're listening. Great idea. Actually. Yeah. 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 There's a screen there. There's enough uh, space for the crowd that will be come on to cheer on uh, Omni. And <laughs> his. uh, futile attempt but well it depends how many family members you got here <laughs> well quite a few quite a few <laughs> i'm pretty sure i know which side light force and i will be standing by hey, i just want to say that I, I i'm gonna have to bring my own gear because it was rough playing with a, like a foreign mouse and then like a keyboard that i'm not used to i was gonna I'm, already, I'm already yeah i'm already preparing my excuses yeah, what were you saying there skills. i was gonna say how how was the gear I, it's pretty nice, but I'm, man, I'm spoiled with my, <laughs> my machine, so I can't really uh, compare, but for, for, uh, for the, you, you casuals there and, uh, oh, sorry, God forbid, uh, console uh, players. No, that's, that's the, the tier, but well, I, I, let's just not go there, but the gear is nice. The gear is nice. Let's just say that they have, uh, they have monitors that have like, a, you know, 144 hertz. So if you want to check oh, that out, they have a gaming mice. They have um, the machines are, I think, HyperX machines. So they have mechanical keyboards. They have uh, everything. They have a nice comfy gaming chair and headsets. So you definitely can play and enjoy it. So, yeah, no complaints there. I'm just like, you know. Yeah. Life Force, you can just copy their build. <laughs> well, okay. Oh. <laughs> they have a bunch of machines there. I'm sure they wouldn't notice if you just like took one, borrowed it. You well, know? So, uh, apparently, Memory Express was the one who uh, built them all for them. Hmm. We're dropping all these names and they're not even. Another uh, West Coast Canadian. Uh, Another company that could potentially sponsor us is what you're saying. Oh. Right? <laughs> 
you know, Logitech, Memory Express, HyperX, uh, trying to get all the brands that we've mentioned. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, it was great. The, the best one I ever laid my hands on. Sorry about that, Memory Express. <laughs> Did you so, that, that is not going to show well post-recording. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, as we wrap this tire fire of an episode up, uh, <laughs> I do want to point out we didn't get a voicemail this week. I'm kind of disappointed. But if you do want to send a voicemail and hear yourself on our podcast, the phone number is 604-409-3324. That's area code 604-409-3324. You can also send text messages to that phone number. And uh, so long as I understand it and two, it's appropriate to be uh, shared on air, I will. We haven't had a review in a while. So if you happen to listen to us on iTunes, please drop us a review. We will read it verbatim. That is the agreement I have with all of you listeners. Um, and at the very least, you know, toss us some stars. We are on every single podcast platform out there. So if there is an opportunity to review or rate our episodes on our podcast, please do so. We love it. We would be truly appreciative if you were to do that to somehow let us know that you have so that we can see it and we can share it on an episode. But at this point in time, I want to hear any final thoughts, words of wisdom, or, uh, you know, random statements of, I don't know what from Omni as he swallows his microphone, but uh, Omni, anything else you'd like to share to our uh, millions and millions of listeners? Uh, I don't know. Memory express is great. I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> They're awesome. And Sam? Well, I'm actually going on vacation for the next two whoa, weeks. Whoa. So the Ooh. voice of reason is going to be gone. So I'm just going to ask everybody to stay calm and enjoy Stitch. Hey, 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 when I was on vacation, I actually showed up for work on the pod. So you're not excused. Extra benefits, man. <laughs> My goodness. That's right. You are on vacation. This is this is something that I, I needed to clear with HR and I totally forgot. to do <laughs> Um, but as for final thoughts for me, I really enjoyed watching Stitch come in. I, I didn't get a chance to actually watch the match live. I was watching it last night, uh, the entire replay. And the whole time, I'm just sitting there with like a smirk on my face. We're like, wow, the Titans did have an answer. Boy, we were right because it's nice to be proven right. As we're good. Yeah, we're good again. Who knew? <laughs> but uh, if you are looking for the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast everywhere else, we are on social media galore, Twitter, at Ready, Set, Pwn, Facebook, Facebook.com slash Ready, Set, Pwn. If you want to join our invite-only group, it's not really invite-only. I'm inviting you now, but we have to approve you. It's the uh, Ready, Set, Pwn, RSP looking for group, LFG, RSP, LFG. Uh, join that group. Good times can be had. Our Discord server, the link to join, it's bit.ly slash RSP Discord. Uh, man, I think we're on instagram too i mean geez i i should just go and edit in this random we're on because it'd be so much easier <laughs> but uh one final thing i do want to ask if you've made it this far is uh, let us know your thoughts on uh, the remainder portion of the season what do you want us to do you do you want us to have guests on is there something you want to uh, a question you want us to answer or address is there another game you want us to talk about because we know that at some point in time the Vancouver Titan season is going to come to a close and being at your premier podcast for anything you need to do with Vancouver Titans won't have a whole lot to talk about. We want to continue to provide you content you enjoy listening to now as well. For those of you who have not yet subscribed to the podcast, please click that subscribe button. We'd love you to continue to tune in each and every week. And if there is something that's preventing you from doing so, feel free to shoot me an email as well. And that's feedback at ready, 
So on behalf of Omni at Omni Strength, Sam at another Sam Chan and myself, Chris at Lightforce, those two words you've been waiting to hear. Memory Express. Okay, geez. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I need a new post because uh, Sam is away and Omni is done.